Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Caruso, right wing, jab step, puts up a three. He got it. Willie Caruso stays hot from beyond the arc. Hands off to Wirtz. He fires a corner three. He's got it again. Wirtz bounces into Richards, who feeds Frankich, who does a circus shot off the glass. Count it and the foul. Edie, crossover, step back, left elbow, puts up a two, puts it in. Backdoor Caruso, the one-handed hammer. Willie Caruso brings the crowd to its feet. Welcome, everyone, to the sixth episode of the Believe in Santa Clara Sports Podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, student voice of the Broncos and your source to stay up to date with Santa Clara Athletics all season long. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Believe Podcast website, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you haven't already, please rate, like, and subscribe. Any and all feedback for the show is greatly Appreciate it. Okay, Santa Clara coming off of a couple games, one of which went well uh, up in Spokane and one of which went a little bit better against Pacific Saturday night. We will get into both of those games and briefly look ahead to what is going to be coming up for the Broncos this week, starting tonight with their game against Pepperdine. We'll also hear from Trey Wirtz later in the show as well, the starting point guard and leading scorer for the Santa Clara Broncos. But first, give you an update on the West Coast Conference standings. Not a lot of change since last week's episode. Gonzaga still on top, 20-1 and on the year. They've actually fallen to number two nationally behind Baylor, who's number one. They very nearly lost last week, but uh, the AP top 25 voters have determined that Baylor is the number one team in the country. So Gonzaga will likely be number two when they come to the Levy Center a week from today. 7.30 p.m. tip. We'll have that for you on KSCU. They still have not lost in conference play. Now, the ironic thing, they blew out BYU on Saturday, but the ironic thing is that the only two teams to play Gonzaga tough are Portland and Pepperdine, both of whom are bottom-tier teams in the conference. Portland has slowed down like I thought they might. Pacific has pretty much stayed hot, although Santa Clara knocked them off on Saturday. Get to that game in a little bit. But Pepperdine lost by five to Gonzaga in Spokane, and Portland at home was beating them by seven at the half. And they've played everyone else in the way that you would expect Gonzaga to, particularly the game against Santa Clara, it's just odd. It's just odd. It doesn't seem like this is the most talented Gonzaga team they've had in the last several years. They're still one of the best teams in the country, to be sure, but I think the last team, or the team they had last year, was certainly more talented. I mean, they had Brandon Clark, Rui Hachimura, Josh Perkins. I think that was a much more loaded roster than what they have this year, though they still have a tremendous amount of talent and depth, particularly in the front court. Tilly, Kispert, and Petrushev are really a three-headed monster. But So Gonzaga's still on top in the West Coast Conference. Santa Clara and St. Mary's are both 16-4 and four on the year. They're both 3-2 and two in conference play. Santa Clara won the head-to-head, but the Broncos are in third. I believe this is because of a strength of schedule issue. So if the teams have the same West Coast Conference record, it must go or and the same overall record, the next tiebreaker must be record against the AP Top 25, which St. Mary's is 1-1, one one, Santa Clara's 0-1, their only game uh, that they played against the AP Top 25 was against Gonzaga. So it's Gonzaga first, St. Mary's second, Santa Clara third. Then there are five teams, including St. Mary's and Santa Clara, that are 3-2 and two in West Coast Conference play. 
You've got St. Mary's, then the Broncos, then you have San Francisco, who Santa Clara lost to and will get another crack at later in their West Coast Conference schedule. Then you've got Pacific, who Santa Clara beat on Saturday, and then you have BYU. And all those teams are 3-2 and two in conference play, and then they're listed as such in the order of their best record. That's clearly the next tiebreaker. I wonder when head-to-head comes into play with that. Then you've got Pepperdine at 2-3. and three. And then you have one win each at the bottom of the conference for Portland, Loyola Marymount, and San Diego. So that's where the West Coast Conference is right now. We're starting to see teams kind of separate. LMU, Portland, and San Diego clearly going to be the bottom feeders. Pepperdine, you know, we're not sure. You'd think that BYU is going to come on strong as the year will go. And then I think one of San Francisco or Pacific might fall back. Uh, Maybe that'll be Santa Clara. I I don't think so. Uh, I think more likely Santa Clara, USF, and Pacific are vying for that fourth spot with Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU up at the top. But we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. So Santa Clara's two games last week, Thursday night, uh, the KSU broadcast team, myself and Alex Stewart, we were up in Spokane. We actually got to sit courtside, which was pretty awesome. Um, We got to call the game not far from where uh, Eric Rothman and the ESPN crew were, were doing it from, which was a really cool experience. And we were right in front of the Santa Clara or uh, in front of the Gonzaga student section. And they're as rowdy as they look on TV, man. They, they are in it from before tip off even takes place. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They're loud. They jump on the bleachers and they stay the entire game. They stay loud the entire game. It's really impressive to see. I mean, if you're an athletic director, you have to see that game in and game out and just know that you and your department are doing a phenomenal job because those students are so passionate for any game. I mean, it was an absolute blowout and they were there the entire time. I mean, Keyshawn Justice was shooting free throws in the second half and he was still hearing the noise from the Gonzaga student section, the kennel, as they like to call it. So got to give a credit to them. Santa Clara uh, lost the game 104 to 54. It ended up getting pretty lopsided pretty quickly. It was close for maybe the first five minutes, but then it looked the same as the last couple of years meetings where Gonzaga just goes on a little run and then a little run turns into a big run. A big run turns into a humongous run. And then the margin is too big to overcome. They had a nice offensive start to the second half. Did Santa Clara, uh, Joseph Brankich had a couple buckets and they, they got a couple stops, but then ultimately, you know, I think they got the lead down to 22 or, or 25, maybe down to 25. And then it was 26 at the half. And then Gonzaga just pulled away. Um, Santa Clara really just couldn't get anything going on offense. I mean, they were 28% from the floor in the first half and they were one of 12 from beyond the arc, which unfortunately has been a theme for Santa Clara. Over their last couple games, even in the games they're winning against St. Mary's and Pacific, uh, San Diego is the exception, they're not shooting the ball well from beyond the arc. It's really been a struggle for them in conference play, but they're doing a good job getting to the free throw line, capitalizing on looks at the rim. And in that Gonzaga game, they were being forced to take a lot of perimeter shots because the front court for Gonzaga was just overmatching the Broncos. Killian Tilly, Philip Petrushev, and Corey Kisper were absolutely, and Drew Timmy off the bench as well, were dominating the front court, the rebounding battle. They were making life difficult for the Santa Clara big men. And ultimately, they were just not able to find any kind of rhythm. So they had to settle for outside shots. They actually had a lot of good looks. I mean, if you go back and watch the tape, there are a lot of open shots that Santa Clara just wasn't knocking down straight up. And sometimes that's how it goes. It's a tough road environment to play in. And Gonzaga went 7 of 12 from beyond the arc in the first half. And when you combine those two things, you're going to get a big blowout. So that's how 
the 104-54 loss came about. But So then Santa Clara comes back to the Levy Center last Saturday night against Pacific, against a Tigers team that is certainly on the rise. They're 16-5 and now on the year after losing to Santa Clara 84-80 to at the Levy Center. But they're 3-2 and in conference play. They're, uh, they knocked off St. Mary's earlier this year in an absolute four-overtime thriller. And they're a team that Definitely could have come into the Levy Center and ended Santa Clara's 16-game home winning streak, but Santa Clara made it 17 in a row. And it started out as a defensive struggle, but then as the game went on, both offenses really started to to find their footing and to kick it into gear, particularly at the free throw line is where each team really found a lot of success. And it was really pretty astonishing. I'll get to that a little bit later. But really, the offense for Santa Clara came from Trey Wirtz, and he was the catalyst for everything. Santa Clara just two of seven from the floor here in the beginning, and Wirtz wheels around the baseline and lays it in with the right hand on the reverse. He just found space in that Pacific defense. Santa Clara with its first lead, 9-7, to seven, with just over six minutes gone by in the first half. So you hear there the score... At the end of that call, that was from our KSU broadcast, 9-7 to seven with six minutes gone by. It really was a struggle, but then Trey Wirtz came alive. He finished with 17 points in the first half, and he really was just finding room in the lane. We'll hear more from him at the end of this episode. I was asking him you know, about the season at large and his time at Santa Clara, but also what was working on Saturday night against Pacific. He ended the game with 31 points on 10 of 12 shooting. That is a season high for Trey Words and two points off of his career high of 33, but he was working his way into the lane, attacking the bucket. He got to the free throw line as well, hit a number of clutch shots at the charity stripe down the stretch. And also, by the way, I've talked about the turnovers for Trey Words and the improvement he's shown in that department this year. One thing I learned when I was interviewing him this week, he didn't play point guard in high school. He was thrust into that position last year when K.J. Fagan got hurt. He had to learn on the fly, and this year his turnovers are down much more than than where they were at a year ago, and he is really starting to come on strong. He's the leading scorer for Santa Clara, and he finished the half with a couple of three-pointers, and this second one was really fun to watch. Ten seconds to play. Santa Clara leading 33-22. to 22. Who else would have the ball right now but Trey Wirtz? He's got 14 points. That's a game high. Crossover, top of the key. Another three. Why not? That's how the first half comes to an end. Trey Wirtz has got 17 points. He's 6-7 from the floor. And he stood there at the top of the key to admire his good work. The sophomore is absolutely feeling it. So that is how the first half came to an end. Gave Santa Clara a 36 to 22 lead going into the break and you thought it was going to be defensive struggles statistically these were two of the best teams in the west coast conference in total defense they ranked first and third respectively pacific was first coming into the game santa clara was third so you figured it might be a low scoring affair but then in the second half the fouls really started to pile up i think there were 10 combined fouls called in the first four minutes of action so both teams got into the bonus early there were some kind of soft foul calls out there, but the officials were consistent and that's really what you want from an officiating crew. Everyone's got their own style, but you want them to be consistent. They certainly were, but both teams attempted a lot of free throws and Santa Clara made 31 in this game. They were 31 of 38 
from the free throw line. Pacific, meanwhile, was 17 of 28 from the free throw line. One of the points that head coach Damon Stoudemire will probably look back at and say, wow, this is why we weren't able to come out on top and win the game down the stretch. You miss 11 free throws. Those are those are critical in, in a close game like what you had here. Now, Santa Clara was up for most of this game. They also shot over 50% for the, from the floor for the fifth time this year, the second time in conference play, and the first time since their opener against San Diego back on January 4th. But for Pacific... They were down most of the second half by, you know, not not 14 usually, but it was usually hovering around 10. And then all of a sudden they made a late surge. It was led by Jalil Tripp, of course, their leading scorer. He had 28 points. Bailey was, Jeremiah Bailey was the only other player in double figures for the Tigers. He had 13. It was really the Jalil Tripp show. And he's not a shooter. He's a slasher. And Santa Clara was just not able to come up with, a defensive game plan to stop him from getting to the rim and either to the free throw line or just laying it up and in. He is very athletic. He had a big dunk in the second half that cut it to a three point game, but Santa Clara was able to respond once again, like we've seen them do uh, during their best moments of basketball this year. And so that was really good to see, especially after such a, uh, a big lopsided loss Thursday night in, in Spokane. It was good to see them bounce back and really pick up a good conference win at home and Pacific nearly completed an improbable comeback. They were down by about seven, I think with a minute to play and then they get a bucket uh, or maybe I think they were down six. They get a bucket. They're down four. And then all of a sudden they get a steal and, and they got it. They got another bucket and then they knocked down a three in there. Basically they forced a couple of Santa Clara turnovers late and they made some shots And then all of a sudden, and there was a four-point play in there as well. Jeremiah Bailey had the chance to complete a four-point play. He wasn't able to knock down the free throw, and uh, they were down by two at that time. And Jalil Tripp nearly had the offensive rebound. Santa Clara ended up holding on with, who else but Trey Wirtz, icing it at the free throw line. Wirtz makes the first free throw, three-point game, two and a half seconds remaining, one timeout left for Pacific. A make here would all but ice it. Trying to give him a four-point lead. Trey Wirtz, eight of nine at the free throw line tonight. Makes the free throw. He's got 31 points, and it's 84 to 80. Here comes Tripp at half court. He launches it up. It is no good, and Santa Clara holds on for an 84 to 80 victory here at the Levy Center. They extend their home winning streak to 17 games, and Eric, it's just another gutty, gritsy win, the second that they've had in a week, and one that you have to feel pretty good about if you're Herb Sendek and the Broncos. Those two made free throws came after the four-point play from Jeremiah Bailey, in which Jalil Tripp nearly had the offensive rebound. Trey Wirtz was actually the man boxing him out on that play and got just enough of him. He's a 6'5", physical wing, but the ball ended up going off of Jalil Tripp's foot. Trey Wirtz gets the ball. He's fouled, knocks down two big-time free throws, and Santa Clara is able to hold on for the win. And a couple of other stats from this game. So not only did they have 31 made free throws, Josef Rankic had 11 of those made free throws. He struggled. He, he had a nice spurt. He ended up with 12 points against Gonzaga last Thursday, but he had, uh, you know, offensively throughout that game, he, he kind of had his ups and downs and he didn't shoot the ball brilliantly against Pacific, but he was doing a great job of 
fighting for position, making smart moves, getting to the free throw line, and ultimately was 11 of 14 and and contributed to Santa Clara's 31 made free throws. That and the 38 attempts were a season high this year. And Taj was another good positive for the Broncos. He was the leading scorer for Santa Clara a year ago. He's averaging just over seven points a game. That's less than half of what he was averaging a year ago. He was a preseason second-team All-West Coast Conference. Kind of got off to a sluggish offensive start. Herb Sendek has moved him to the second unit where he's been more efficient as a scorer, but he hasn't been a very high-volume scorer. He had 13 points off the bench, was 5 of 7 from the floor, knocked down a 3 as well, and really started to look like the Tajidi that we became accustomed to seeing last year. And if he can continue to just play solidly like that, I don't think he needs to be you know 15 to 20 points a game but I think if he can come off the bench and give Santa Clara just a solid, reliable 8 to 12 points a night, I think that can really bolster the second unit, which does technically include DJ Mitchell, but also gives Santa Clara some instant offense and another shooter on the floor. And I think that that's always a good thing to have, especially at the two-guard position. Those 13 points were the most for Tajidi in his last 11 games when he had been under 10 points in 10 of those last 11 games. So great to see him start to get it going. And as I mentioned earlier, Santa Clara was just five of 15 from beyond the arc and that worked against Pacific, but Pacific is not one of the better three point shooting teams by percentage or by volume in the West Coast Conference. They made just one attempt in the first half. They ended up making four or five in the second half, particularly down the stretch. Jeremiah Bailey had some clutch ones, three clutch ones to be exact in the final five minutes, but Santa Clara going 5 of 15 from beyond the arc, they've got to be able to knock down those shots. I mean, it's really that simple. Is If they want to have a good season in the West Coast Conference and get, you know, over 20 or 22 wins this year and, you know, maybe beat St. Mary's again or knock off a BYU or play Gonzaga tight, they have to get points from beyond the arc, and that's got to come from somewhere. Just 5 of 15 from three-point land against Pacific, and except for the 11... Uh, three-pointers made against San Diego. They've been under seven, actually, in every West Coast Conference game this year. I think that's a trend that that they need to change. But nevertheless, Santa Clara now is 16-4 and four going into tonight's 7 p.m. matchup with Pepperdine. 6.40 pregame will begin on KSCU. And, you know, Trey Wirtz will look to have another phenomenal performance, but he's going to be going up against one of the best guards in the West Coast Conference. That's Colby Ross. He's one of the leading scorers in the conference. He's a phenomenal passer, really quick first step. Trey's a little taller than he is, but Colby's definitely a little bit quicker. I think that's definitely going to be a matchup that you want to look out for tonight. And then Saturday against San Diego on the road, I know Santa Clara's had their problems on the road outside of that St. Mary's game this year, but that, that game against San Diego, that's that's a Torero's team that's having a down year, and they need to go down there to their place and, and really punch them in the mouth. And I think they're more than capable of doing that. So 7 p.m. against Pepperdine. Tonight we'll have that for you on KSCU. We will be off for the game Saturday against San Diego. And then next Thursday we will have the the big one. As Gonzaga comes to the Levy Center for a 7.30 p.m. tip, we'll have that one 
as well. And I was able to catch up with that man, Trey Words, this week at practice, asking him about kind of his journey to Santa Clara, but also, you know, the last couple of weeks and what it's been like this year. And here's what the sophomore had to say. All right. Talking with Trey Words, the starting point guard for the Santa Clara Broncos. Now, you started since you were a true freshman last year, but that wasn't necessarily the plan. You come in, KJ Fagan gets hurt. What was it like stepping into that starting role for a team right like that your first year on campus? Yeah, it was definitely different because I'd never played point guard in my life. Actually, I played like a couple couple games on the ball, and uh, my point guard in high school, Devon Dotson, he got hurt, and that was really the only experience I had a point guard. So just coming in, and then KJ gets hurt in the middle of the second game, and I'm kind of just thrown right in there. It was a little different, and uh, I was definitely learning, learning on the fly. And I think it definitely helped me, especially coming in this year. I was able to experience a lot, and it definitely helped me, especially this year. What did Coach Sendek tell you when you were going into that position, having not played a lot of point guard before? What was his advice to you? Uh, I mean, it wasn't really, really, wasn't really much he could say to me. Just he, we, we would watch film a lot. He would just show me different things. But really, it's just about getting out there and me getting reps and reps and reps on top of that to just kind of get practice at playing a new position I never played before. You're the leading scorer for Santa Clara this year, doing it very efficiently as well. Last year, first team all WCC, but not the leading scorer on the team. How do you feel that your role has evolved on this Broncos squad? Uh, yeah, I think um, I think I just got a lot better, honestly, in the offseason, and uh, I'm able to see stuff more. The, all, we changed the offense a little bit this year, and uh, kind of just that's just kind of what my role has kind of evolved into, just having the ball in my hands a lot and try to make the right play. and scoring and uh, assistance of my teammates. So I think it's just kind of what it evolved into. You mentioned offensive adjustments. What have those been this year for you guys? Because you're right, it does have a different look. But specifically, what has Coach Sendek and the coaching staff put in this year that they didn't have last year? Yeah, we talk about uh, pushing the ball a lot. Last year, we played kind of a, a slower tempo game. This year, we're trying to get up and down and increase the possessions in the game. And then also, we're playing a more kind of spread out offense and try to get a, a lot of driving kicks, read and react, and a lot of ball screens as well. Saturday night, you pick up the 84-80 to 80 win against Pacific. Win your 17th straight game here at home. That was not a close game at halftime. You guys were up by 14. I, I have to say it was pretty fun to, to call you <laughs> shooting that three there at the top of the key. You looked like you were enjoying it. But it, it's not a close game at half, and then it became a close game. What was the key to you guys pulling out that win? Uh, I think the game kind of had a game in its own at the very end with all, all the foul calls down the stretch and kind of just slowing the tempo down. But... We kind of just had to get down, get gritty, get tough at the end, and figure out a way to get it done, and that's what we did. The offense struggled in the first half. The defense was kind of carrying you, you know, 22 points, but then you started to come alive, and then in the second half, you guys explode for 48 points after just 36 in the first. What halftime adjustments did Coach Sendek have you guys make in the locker room? Uh, not much offensively. It was just, uh, I mean, we always know our offense is going to be good. If we just run run our stuff, we're going to get good looks, and I think sometimes it just come down to making or missing them, and uh, I kind of think we made a lot more in the second half, but I, that was really it. You had a season-high 31 points, 17 in the first half when you missed just one shot. What were you seeing in that Pacific defense that kind of had you smelling blood in the water? I just kind of tried to come come out aggressive last game and uh, just see what, see what they were giving me. And uh, There was just kind of a lot of openings off different drag streams we were running, and I just tried to take advantage of it, and I was able to make a lot of shots. You guys have now won 17 straight here at the Levy Center, dating back to last year. One of those wins was against Pacific, and 15 of those wins have been this year. What does it mean to you and the rest of the team to be able to defend your home turf like that? Yeah, that, was a, that was a big deal to us. We talked about it a lot in the offseason, kind of just like no one comes in here and just is able just to steal wins. And uh, we kind of made a, a, a friendly bet with Coach that we weren't going to lose in here in the non-conference, and we were able to accomplish that. So now we're just trying to 
keep uh, keep it moving forward. What was, what was the payout for that bet? Because you guys didn't lose a non-conference game at home. So what was the payout? Like no sprints, something like that? No, so he actually, he's like a really healthy eater. So uh, me and Keyshawn were actually at dinner at the recruit one day. And we were like, well, Coach, just, if we go undefeated in non-conference, we're going to have like kind of a man versus food type of thing where we're going to like get a bunch of desserts for him. But we haven't done it yet, but it's definitely, I, I haven't forgot so I'm definitely going to get him at the end of the year. I, I have to say, I would, I would love to see what, <laughs> what, what that would look like. Um, looking ahead to this week, you got Pepperdine tomorrow night, San Diego on the road on Saturday. Two teams that definitely should be wins, but there's no gimmies, especially in conference play. What, what's the biggest key to pulling out two wins this week? Uh, just take it one game at a time. I mean, every game is tough, especially in conference, so you just got to lock in on each game. And uh, we know it's a big week for us with uh, a jam-packed, uh, Converse, a lot of people at three and two tied for that second spot. So we know we want to get two two wins this week, but it really is just about taking it one game at a time. It was a slow start for you guys on the road this year, not playing your best basketball games were not particularly close. And then the St. Mary's game happens, and you guys pick up a big-time win. How much confidence did that give you and the rest of the team for road games going forward, including this Saturday against San Diego? Yeah, I think it gave us a lot of confidence just to show that we can, we can play with anybody when we play, play our style of basketball and play the right way. I think... Uh, just kind of get those road jitters out and shake off the, the road rust we had earlier in the year. It was definitely a, a good thing for us. In that St. Mary's game, you, you started one of eight from the floor. You might not have known that. We've got the live stats on the broadcast, so you were one of eight. But then you had five huge points down the stretch, including tying the game. For you personally, where does that internal confidence come from? I mean, just all the, all the practice and work I put in. I mean, the thing is shooters keep shooting, and uh, I'm a shooter. So I was, And Coach Garson had actually told me that like I was going to fall later in the game, and then I got the wide-open look on the wing. I made that one, and then the next one was the layup. That's Trey Ward's starting point guard for the Santa Clara Broncos. And he is going to look to lead Santa Clara to a couple of wins this week before Gonzaga next Thursday. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Believe in Santa Clara Sports Podcast. Please like and subscribe if you haven't already, and tune in to the next episode to get updates on all things Santa Clara and WCC basketball right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast pa- platform for professionals. You can also follow me on Twitter at smalls underscore 55 or on Instagram at smalls underscore five to keep up with all of the sports broadcasts happening on KSC Youth. Thank you everyone for tuning in. I'm Spencer McLaughlin signing off for this week saying so long and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.